Welcome. You're listening to the Byesville Assembly of God podcast. Each week, you'll hear powerful messages from our lead pastor, Dustin Dyke. Wherever you're listening, we pray this episode is a blessing to you. Here is Pastor Dustin. It is an awesome day because we just celebrated Thanksgiving this last Thursday, and I trust that your Thanksgiving festivities were joy-filled and that you had some good time with family and friends. But now we transition holidays to Christmas. It's my favorite time of year. I've had my house decorated for Christmas since the beginning of November, and it's been lighted pretty much every night. So I'm excited for Christmas. I'm excited for Christmas. There's a story that goes like so. A little boy and girl were singing their favorite Christmas carol in church the Sunday before Christmas. The boy concluded Silent Night with the words, Sleep in heavenly beans. And no, his sister corrected, it's not beans, it's peas. Sleep in heavenly peas. You get that? Yeah, it's funny. All right, well, Merry Christmas. We're excited you're here today. This morning, we're beginning a new sermon series entitled, Make Room for Jesus. And in today's day and age, we get so distracted with ancillary things uh, in the Christmas season that we truly forget to make room for Jesus, which is in part what I talked about, part of why we're doing Christmas in Byesville. But it is such a thing where we're focused on gifts sometimes, we're focused on shopping, we're focused on the peppermint mochas from Starbucks, we're fo- you know, focused on so many different things. But I think that we need to make sure to make room for Jesus in the course of it all. In fact, I really think it should be the other way around. I think it should be all about Jesus, and we should be trying to squeeze in those other ancillary things. But unfortunately, the trend in today's day and age, unfortunately, is just not that way anymore. It's important to make sure that we make room for Jesus, not just in the Christmas season, but all year round as well. Now, we're going to be looking into Luke chapter 1, verse 26 today. If you'd open your Bibles to there, we'll be in the ESV, English Standard Version. You can open it up on the Version Bible app, or you can use the Pew Bibles right in front of you. Also, if you look in the events part of Version Bible app, you'll find all of the sermon notes for today. Pastor Scott made this really cool. Here's what you can do. You can go on the YouVersion uh, events part of the app and search by the Assembly of God. The message will come up, and you can fill in blanks while we're doing this today. And you can follow along in the scriptures. They're all there, so that's a way that you can do it. Or if you like the paper copy, you're welcome to follow along in there, too. Either way is just fine. If you're new to the Bible, we want to make sure you feel welcome today. And we're going to give you the page number in the Pew Bibles that we'll be on. It's 1016, 1016 in your Pew Bibles. If you're new to the Bible, this is the place for you. We want you to feel like you can ask questions. We want you to feel comfortable with, hey, I don't really know much about the Word, and that's okay. This is a safe spot for you to say, I'm just not really sure, but I want to learn more, and you're welcome to ask any question that you desire. Christmas is all about Jesus, and it's a time where we celebrate his birth, and it's, it's Jesus' birthday celebration. And although some scholars believe that his birthday was actually on a different day, right, this is traditionally the day that we celebrate it. Now, on someone's birthday, what do we typically do? We shower them with gifts, right? Yep. And then we make them feel special. We'll get a cake for them. We honor them. But I find it interesting. There's not much discussion on the birth story of somebody during their birthday. You know what I'm saying? There's not much attention is given to the story leading up to the birth of somebody on their birthday. Not much is talked about as far as the pregnancy 
right? It's interesting. But have you ever noticed that around Christmas time, we put a lot of focus on the actual story of the birth of Jesus? And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's great, and it's important to read through the story of his birth because that's obviously the reason for the season. But it just made me think, if we give gifts to other people to honor them on their birthday, what gift would I give to Jesus if we were having a birthday party for him? It's interesting. We'll come back to that thought later in the, in the message this morning, but I just want you to begin thinking about that. What gift would you bring to Jesus? If you were going to a birthday party for Jesus right after service today, what would you bring? What would you bring? We'll come back to that. Let's begin this story of the birth of Jesus in Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 29. And you can follow along on the screen as well, and it says this. Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 29. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. So that's where we're finishing for right now. The first point I want to make today is Mary's fear. And we're touching on this idea that Mary had some fear, right? She's greeted by an angel of God, and it seems like in this story, it seems like a normal occurrence. You know, the angel of the Lord came, and she was greatly afraid. We've, a lot of us have heard that story before. If you're new to the Bible, this might be new to you, but it's just something that for the seasoned saint, it's like, yep, the angel came, and she was greatly afraid, and, and then we move on past it. But this, my friends, would be a very abnormal experience. I've never seen an angel myself. But I have been told of others who have told me, even here in this congregation, different people have said that they've seen angels, and I totally believe that. I believe that God can, can use whatever way he wants to to speak to us at times. Um, but I've understood from those conversations that it's not the most peaceful experience you ever had. Okay, And so, of course, Mary is troubled, and she's wondering, what could this be? Could this be a death sentence? Maybe. The God of heaven sent an angel. She doesn't know what happened. She's probably trying to figure out what she did wrong. You know that time when, when like, you get pulled over maybe on the, on the highway? I've never been pulled over in my life. That's a lie. I actually did a while back. But for, for those of us who, who may have gotten pulled over at a time in your life, you're thinking, what was I doing? Was I speeding? Most of you know you were speeding. But when the, when the officer comes up, he'll usually say, do you know why I pulled you over, sir? Or do you know why I pulled you over, ma'am? No, I have no idea. It's just you, you're racking your brain trying to figure it out. So could this be a death sentence? What is this? What is this? Verses 30 and 31 says, And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. So the angel doesn't let Mary sit afraid for long because he begins to explain why he's there. The angel Gabriel told her that she had no reason to be afraid and that she had found favor with God, which is a huge relief, right? My thought is maybe he could have started it out with the comforting part, right? You know, Mary, everything's fine, everything's good, it's all fine, but, you know, you found favor with God, it's all good. But he starts out with, he, he does actually talk about, oh, favored one at the beginning, but he, she probably skips right over that because the angel is right in front of her. So I find it funny that every, every good story starts out like that, right? 
So everything's fine. We're all okay. Nobody's hurt, but, right? Reminds me of a good friend of mine, Pastor Jimmy Lewis, up at Victory Assembly of God in Newcomerstown. Him and his wife, Lori, have a little boy who's about six months younger than Nehemiah. Our little boy is two years old. So Pastor Jimmy and I took our boys to a petting zoo a few months back. Um, and on the way there, their son, David, um, hold your breath, sorry, this is a little gross, but he threw up in the car, okay, it's what kids do. So it was all over the place, so we stopped the car, and Pastor Jimmy was cleaning it up, and then we went on our way, but it was interesting because he called his wife to let her know what was going on, because little David had been experiencing some medical difficulties lately, and they try to keep each other apprised of what's been going on and what's happening with him. So the first thing out of Pastor Jimmy's mouth to his wife on the phone was, so honey, everything's fine, I'm okay, David's okay, we're all good, no need to worry, and Lori's on the other end of the line saying, Jimmy, would you just spit it out, what happened, what's going on, and of course, it wasn't a huge deal, and you know, just a little mess to clean up, but Mary here is scared when the angel comes to visit, and the angel gives her comfort, lets her know that she has found favor with God, and explains some big news that's about to happen. And for all my pregnant friends in the room, all my pregnant friends, my wife being one, uh, Katie Wanger, there's a few others that are pregnant as well, I'm going to tell you about the first ultrasound, okay? The first ever, one of the first ever ultrasounds. Interesting fact, here in Luke 1, Luke records about a heavenly ultrasound. This is the appointment, so to speak, where Mary finds out the gender of the baby, and she didn't even know that she had inside of her. She didn't even know she had a baby inside of her. Um, So I would like to say that this was the first ultrasound ever recorded, but God actually did reveal the gender of a few different babies throughout Scripture in the Old Testament as well. So it's not a real ultrasound, but just go along with the humor. Our pregnant folks in here today hopefully enjoy my jokes. Love you all. Thank you. So the angel tells her she's about to have a baby and gives her the gender. It's going to be a son, and she was supposed to call him Jesus. Let's read on what the angel Gabriel says, verses 32 and 33. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. So this is the point right here. Finally, finally, the promised Messiah, the King of kings, the Lord of all lords, was being born to this earth as a little baby, the Son of God. This is amazing because so many prophecies from the Old Testament are fulfilled in the birth and life of Jesus and the resurrection and everything of Jesus. And some people ask why it's so amazing that Jesus was born, right? It's truly amazing because in the Old Testament of the Bible, some of our seasoned saints know this, but just in case you may not quite understand this today, this is why it's so amazing. Many prophets talked about the coming of a Savior and a Messiah, They talked about how Jesus would be born to a virgin. They talked about how he'd be born in Bethlehem and about how he's from the line of David and so many other instances, and all of them fulfilled in Jesus Christ when he was born and when he lived on this earth. It's an amazing, amazing thing seeing this happen in the Old Testament, the fulfillment of this in the New Testament. So with the angel Gabriel telling Mary about the coming birth of her son, she had a lot to think about. The second point I want to talk about this morning is Mary's questioning, Mary's questioning time. I think all of us might go through a season of questioning when God's calling us to do something that we did not expect to do. Let's take a look at this in Luke one thirty four. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? Here's the deal. Mary's got some questions. 
Probably Joseph did too. Now, most of us know this story, so it's not news to us that Jesus was going to be born to Mary, but she's hearing all of this for the first time. Here's Mary's situation. She's about to get married. She's engaged to a man named Joseph, and they had not been sexually active. See, we see this very consistent throughout Scripture that it's important to live a life of purity in your dating and your marriage relationship. We believe in the sanctity of marriage as we see in Hebrews 13 and in Genesis 2, which points to the idea of not engaging in sexual activity before marriage. And back in Bible times, if you got pregnant before you were married, you were viewed as the town harlot. You were viewed as a prostitute. You were shamed before people. And Mary was told she would be pregnant before she engaged in sexual activity with any man, including her fiancé, Joseph. This is impossible in the regular human mind. So I don't blame Mary for having a question or two. And here's the thing. It's not bad to question God. We can ask him questions. He's a good father. Just like we sang about this morning. He is a good, good father. We can ask him questions. And I hope that he gives you the answers that you're looking for if you're asking God questions too. And um, Gabriel helps Mary with her questioning process in the next scripture. How will this be since I'm a virgin? 35 to 37 says, And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child will be, to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month this is the sixth month with her who is called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. So here it is. Gabriel tells Mary that the Holy Spirit will come upon her and would become, she would become pregnant. And there's a miracle in and of itself. God would literally and supernaturally put a baby in her womb that she would carry to birth. The other miracle here is her relative Elizabeth, who would also conceive a son. And she was barren. She couldn't have kids. And God did a miracle in Elizabeth and allowed her to have a child. I know a lot of people in this room who have struggled to have kids or couldn't have kids. And it was in this moment that God did a miracle for her. So if you're praying for that today, don't give up on your prayers. Don't give up praying. Because we believe that God wants to do some good things and he wants us to continue to come to him in prayer. In Mary's time of questioning... Gabriel doesn't shame her for having questions. He explains. He explains what's going on because God is gentle with us. He's gentle with us when we have questions. He welcomes them. And he might not explain everything in full to us on earth, and that's okay. But one day, if we believe in Jesus, we'll get to heaven. We can ask him any question we want. And my assumption is at that point, our questions probably won't even matter to us because we will be awestruck that the King of kings and the Lord of lords is right before us and we will probably fall to our knees in worship. That's probably how that will go. But Gabriel tells her that nothing is impossible with God. He meets her right where she is in her thought process and gives her some examples of miracles that God can do and has done and reminds her that nothing is impossible with God. So if you're struggling in your faith this morning, if you're struggling to believe that God will do the miracle that you're praying for, remind yourself or talk to somebody who you know loves the Lord and has seen miracles in the past. Talk to them. Have them remind you of amazing miracles that God's done. We need to be reminded. We need to be reminded of what good things God has done, especially in times that we're going through a difficulty ourselves. Nothing is impossible with God. Mary had some fear at the beginning, but the angel Gabriel comforted her, 
and then she had some questioning to do. Then Gabriel answered her questions in this next passage because the last point is number three, Mary's trust. Verse 38, Luke 1, verse 38 says, And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So Mary finally told Gabriel that she was a servant of the Lord and to let it be done. She was willing to go through with this amazing thing that God was going to do in and through her to carry the king of kings in her womb to completion. But it started with some fear and questioning. It started with some fear and questioning, but she stepped forward into what God was asking her to do. In this new series called Make Room for Jesus, Mary made room for Jesus. Mary made room for Jesus. She made room to trust in God that she could do this great task that God was calling her to do. Remember the question I asked earlier? If we were going to throw a birthday party for Jesus, what gift would you bring for him? I believe that Mary brought to Jesus her trust as a gift. Mary didn't have to give her trust to God, but she willingly gave her trust over to God in this moment and accepted this great responsibility of carrying the Messiah in her womb and delivering this baby into this world. Have you ever feared something that God was calling you to do? Have you ever questioned what God was calling you to do? I've been there. I've been there. When God was calling me to put in my name for lead pastor of this church, I was there. I was fearful because I'd never been a lead pastor. I had fear. I had questions. God, what are you doing? Why did you put this on my heart? And God helped me to work through that. And I got to the point where I got over the hurdle of, okay, I'll trust you with this, Lord. Sometimes it's just getting to that point, right? And then stepping forward, taking a step of faith into what you believe God's called you to do. So in that season, I I talked to multiple mentors, some trusted friends and family, told them what God was showing me, told them what God was putting on my heart in prayer and in devotional time and in worship time. And I told them I strongly felt God was telling me to put my name in for lead pastor, but I just needed to take a leap of faith and give my trust to God. It wasn't that I didn't trust God at all. It was just that those of you who have gone through this know the feeling that when God calls you to something that's a little bigger than you expected to do, it takes a a moment to, a a time, a period where you have to trust God with that thing, whatever it is for you. I just needed to trust him with this. But And when God calls you will find for your season of whatever God's calling you to do, you will find that he will be faithful and we need to trust in him. And when he calls, he will help and he'll be faithful. Do you believe that this morning? Kendra, would you come forward to the piano this morning? See, God knew what this world needed. God knew what this world needed. God knew that this world needed a savior. An unknown author wrote this, and I quote, If our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness. So God sent us a savior. 
See, we needed a Savior, and I end quote there. We needed a Savior to forgive us of our sins. We couldn't save ourselves. There's a lot of focus around Christmas time put on Jesus' birth. We focus on him as that little baby that was born. But let's also remember in this season that Jesus grew up. And Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And he was resurrected from the dead. And now he sits at God's right hand in heaven and gives us the opportunity to accept him. Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. God freely gives you grace, not because of what you've done in this lifetime, but all because of Jesus. You can't earn grace. You can't do enough right to be good enough. We must each have faith in Jesus Christ to be saved. In Acts 3, the Apostle Peter is preaching when he says, in Acts 3, 19 through 20, he says, Repent, therefore, and turn back, that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. How many of you need refreshing this morning? Yes, Lord. And that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus. Would you bow your heads this morning and close your eyes? This morning, if you'd like to accept Christ as your personal Savior, you can make this amazing decision right now in this place. We believe that this season is all about Jesus, but we believe that year-round is truly all about Jesus. If you'd like to accept Christ, I invite you with every head bowed and the eyes closed this morning, would you just raise your hand and put it back down? This could either be a first-time commitment for you or a recommitment for you this morning, but we just want to give you the opportunity, as we do every Sunday, to make the greatest decision of your life. If that's you this morning and you want to accept Christ as your Savior, I invite you to raise your hand and just put it right back down. We're going to take this moment and do that this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's pray this as a church together. I did see a hand go up this morning. Let's encourage those making this commitment today by all praying together. Would you join me and repeat after me? Dear Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner. And I ask that you forgive me of my sins. I believe that Jesus died on the cross. And that you rose from the dead. Help me to turn from my sin. And live for you. From this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you celebrate this morning with those who gave their heart to the Lord? Amen. For those who did make that commitment, the journey doesn't end here. There are some next steps. We have a new believer's guide that we want to give you if you would like to receive this and we'd like to go through it with you. This new believer's handbook gives you the first steps in your walk with the Lord, which we believe is vital as you begin the best and the most amazing journey of your life. But I also want to end this morning by saying this. For those who have had a difficult time trusting in God this morning, like Mary was at the beginning of her story, it may be you just have questions to God this morning. I encourage you, spend time before the presence of the Lord. Spend time in God's presence. It's okay to ask Him those questions. Oh, don't feel bad. Don't feel like you're 
you're, you're, you're wrong in asking a question. Obviously, we here at our church, we welcome questions. We welcome you to ask questions about the Word, about a relationship with Jesus, whatever it is. We also encourage you that if you have a question, don't feel ashamed to ask God. He's a good Father. He's gentle in answering. So I encourage you today to spend time in His presence. As you go throughout this next week, spend time, ask Him. You've got this prayer guide that that you can take with you this morning, you got with your bulletin. Maybe that's a time where you want to write down in the prayer reflections, Lord, this is my question. I'm really struggling with this. This is my question. And ask the Lord. Spend time in His presence and see what He does as you spend time in prayer. As you spend time in prayer, He will do some amazing things. Would you pray with me today? Dear Jesus, we're so grateful that as we come into Your presence that there's fullness of joy. And we thank you, Lord, because sometimes we go through seasons that aren't so very joyful. So, Lord, we pray that throughout this week we would be able to spend time with you. That if we, some of us, might feel that you're calling us to do something that makes us just uncomfortable. Lord, we pray that we would come to you with our questions and our fears. And that, Lord, if you're truly calling us to whatever it is this morning, that you would comfort our fears that you would answer those questions or give us faith without the questions even being answered to take a leap of faith. We need your strength, Lord, just like Mary did here in the story of the birth of Jesus. She had a great call. She had a great call, and she was bold enough to ask a question and be honest about her fears. Lord, help us to be honest with you today. And throughout this week as we spend time with you, strengthen us as we go and bring us back safely when we return. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name and the church said, amen. God bless you once again. Welcome to the Christmas season and we'll see you Wednesday for our worship night. Thank you for listening to the Byesville Assembly of God podcast. To connect with us, visit our website at buysvilleag.org or connect with our Byesville Assembly of God Facebook page and follow us on Instagram at buysvilleag. If this podcast was a blessing, please leave us a review, follow us, and share this podcast with others. Have a blessed week.